Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is Closing the Door on Regret. Before I start, let me just tell you that Satan has fought me tooth and nail on this message. I had it written, and I was planning to record it after church today, and I'm telling you, it vanished from my mind that I even had a podcast to record. I apologize to you for that. I know some of you have been waiting on it, and I think and pray you will find it was worth the wait. You can let me know. It is just after 11 p.m. now, and honestly, I could barely keep my eyes open, but then I remembered. I was like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to record that podcast. So we're going to do this. I want to get this out to you like I promised. So I want to talk to you about regret over past choices and how to handle it. This is something I have struggled with ever since I got into this walk over 20 years ago. And it is something I know many of you also struggle with because I've received so many emails over the years and people just saying, hey, I don't know how to handle this. And telling me how sad you are over, you know, choices that you've made in the past. And we all have some of those. So this week I was battling some regret and y'all, I found something that really works. I'm very excited to share it with you. It was Tuesday, and I was running myself ragged trying to get some important tasks finished. I've been running behind for some time now due to unforeseen circumstances that I had no control over, but I was just trying to work, and so I'm sitting there trying not to stress, and I'm working against near-impossible deadlines on some extremely important stuff. When out of the blue, Satan brings up an old sin from before I was saved to me, and sorrowful feelings just overtook me. My old enemy, regret. You know, when I told my friend Nicole about this on the phone, she said, I wonder if regret is a demon. And I actually never thought of that. And I don't know the answer, at least not yet. You know, I only have a few people in my life who did not live a long time in the world like I did before they got saved probably because of the age I am, and my friends are near my age. My friend Nicole is one of them. She got saved around age nine, and she's just never had very much sin in her life. And I did have quite a bit of sin, not being saved until I was 36. And when you're not saved, you have no reason not to just do whatever you want to do. You know, I know a lot of you can relate to this because I read your emails, and I read the notes that you send in with your contributions. So I have myself lived my life for many years with a lot of regret due to the way I lived before I was saved. And because, too, when you get to know God, you realize that every time you sinned back then, you hurt him. You broke his heart because he loved you even then when you were in your sin. The Bible says he did. But those of you who did get saved early, you may not understand that for us who lived a long time in the world before finding Jesus, that we carry a lot of regret. We truly wish we had not broken the Lord's heart running the other way for so long and doing, you know, all the wickedness that we did. I have said numerous times, heaven would be to know what you know now and get to go back 
and make better choices and take that wisdom with you. To make better choices, hurt fewer people, choose God sooner and see what your life would have been like the other way. Maybe we get to do that in heaven. Who knows? So for over two decades now, I have searched for a way to banish regret. I wanted to close and lock the door on it to just make it disappear. It seemed to me that if our sins were under the precious blood of the Lamb, then our regrets ought to go under there as well. But I knew mine were not going there. They were not there. Mine still haunted me on a daily basis, stealing any joy that I might otherwise have found. And joy is rare enough when you flow in the prophetic because the things you know are coming in the future are never very far out of your thoughts. When you see the stuff that's coming and when you do what I do for a living, it's constantly with you. I see this stuff in my mind all the time that I know is coming. And it's uh, really hard to get, you know, real, uh, you can't be happy or carefree or anything. Like that. You can be happy, content, but you're not going to be very carefree because you carry the weight of that with you. Regret often brings shame along with it. And it makes us weary. Years ago in 2017, I did a podcast on shame and regret but I did not have the revelation I got this week. And I also found a couple of other podcasts from the past where I talked about regret. If anybody wants to go back and listen to those. Um, Okay, so in order to get anything out of our lives, it helps to know how it got in. And I realized one day when I was reading my Bible that the first thing the serpent, a.k.a. the devil, did in the Garden of Eden after he convinced Adam and Eve Eve to sin was he brought shame. And this is what he does. He persuades you to do the sin, tells you it's not that big of a deal. Nobody will know, or you can always repent later or whatever the line is he uses on you. And then he is the first, he, the devil is the first one to throw that very same sin right up in your face. What a backstabbing liar. You got to realize when he's tempting you that he's going to show up as soon as you do that sin, he'll be right back in your face. This time condemning you. Just keep that in mind. It helps you resist sin. So let's start at Genesis 2.24 and 2.25. We're going to take a look at sin and shame and regret and all that. And then I'm going to tell you what I did that worked. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were not ashamed, which tells us there was no shame in the garden before big mouth Satan showed up lying to everybody. Okay, so here we see that if a man and a woman are married and are doing as they should. And also notice here, it is the man who is supposed to leave his father and mother, not the woman. Just saying. So if your families live in different parts of the country, sorry, fellas, but the Bible says it's you who's supposed to leave your family. And they are naked and they were not ashamed. Okay, now here comes Big Mouth Satan, a.k.a. the serpent, causing trouble like he always does. Big Mouth shows up in Genesis 3. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, verses 6 and 7. Here, in Genesis 3, 7, is where shame entered into the world. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. 
verse 8. Here is the first sin. And the first thing that happened was they were ashamed. And the second thing that happened was it separated them from God. They ran from God's presence. When we sin, we do not want to go to God and face him, do we? It still does that. Sin still puts a wall between you and the Lord. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what the sin is. It puts a wall up. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to, to be with me, she gave to me of the tree, and I did eat. Verses 9 through 12. That verse 12 in Genesis 3 is where blame entered the world. So we got shame, then we got blame. They came in together. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Verse 13. 13. I ate it, Lord, that sorry snake talked me into it, which that part is actually true. So everybody was blaming everybody else except God. So how did Adam and Eve not know they were naked before the serpent showed up? They had eyes, right? And why only after they sinned? Before the devil showed up causing trouble, their nakedness was in innocence, like a little baby's would be. So there was nothing to be ashamed of. They didn't know any different. They'd never worn clothes, so how would they know? So I was contemplating my shortcomings in earlier years and how much better I should have done. This is what regret does to you. And I happen to think, you know what? I want y'all to think about this now. When you think about the things that you are ashamed of in your past, I want you to take this yourself through this process. I started thinking, okay, what was going on in my life at that time? And then... When I was doing the worst behavior, what was going on? And I was struggling to even feed my two teenage children at the time with no child support and no help. I had no help from my family. I had no help from my ex-husband. I just had no help. It was just me in a little dust bowl town that was an oil town, and there was no oil going on, which meant there was no good jobs and there was no money. And what happens is, is like when you see a resort area, and it's off season, everybody goes home, everybody leaves, and there are no jobs. And what there are are like waitress jobs in regular restaurants. And that's what I was doing. I was waitressing. I was trying to just keep my kids fed, keep a roof over us, and keep clothes on our backs. And we lived hand to mouth. And what was really sad, y'all, is we had no hope it was going to get any better. We didn't have money to move from the area. We had no help anyplace else. So we were just kind of stuck there. There were no jobs there and there were no jobs coming in. We were at the end of the world in Western Oklahoma. Well, it felt like the end of the world. And you know, everything was just hard. And I didn't know the Lord then. I wish I had. So I was struggling with everything because I didn't know Jesus. I did a lot wrong, but maybe in some ways I was doing the best I could. How can we really do right when we don't know him? Now I know I didn't do the very best I could because I'd done, if I'd done my very best, I wouldn't have done a, a lot of sin. That does not excuse my behavior, but it does help me understand it a little bit better. If you ask yourself, what was going on in my life when I did that sin? It will help you understand, and it will help you understand what kind of things make you vulnerable, okay? So keep that in mind. 
So anyway, moving past that, I will always remember years later waking up one day. This was in, I believe, 2003, late 2003. I woke up one day and I had no emotional pain. And this was after I'd gotten saved. I had been saved for years when this happened. And I realized then that morning how very badly I had hurt my entire life up until that point. But I had never known it because I had never known anything else. If you set somebody down in hot water and they're uncomfortable, but they spend their whole life in hot water, they're never going to know until they come out of the hot water how much pain they have been in. It was a lot like that because they had no point of reference. I had never felt peace before, and this went on for three straight days. I still remember it. Somebody somewhere must have been praying for me, some intercessor. I don't know, somebody, my mom may have called, you know, she used to give to TBN and call in prayer requests and send in prayer requests and stuff like that. And she would send her ties to them. And I'm sure she had all of them praying for all of us kids. But for three days, I did not have that emotional pain. And I had this incredible peace. And it was the coolest thing ever. The reason I remember it is because it was so amazing. I never felt peace before. And I was like, man, this is, I wish I could feel like this all the time. I thought everybody was in pain all the time like I was because I did not know any better. And, and I was, let's see, I was, I would have been 43 then. And I really believe that. And, you know, I probably had a hundred demons on me at the time before I got saved because I wasn't doing any deliverance yet. I didn't know how to, and no one had ever offered to cast anything out of me. I didn't know about any of that yet. So I had a lot of anguish and a lot of grief. And, you know, before you were saved, you probably had a lot of that too. So You know, I look back at my past and I would love to hit the rewind button and go back to then and take this wisdom with me that I have from God's word and know what I know now. Because let me tell you what, it would be a whole different life because I know a lot of things I would do different if I had known this. And I'm sure you're the same way. I think we all feel that way. I would love to get to do that in heaven. I think that would be so fun to get just even just to see and feel what our life would be like if we had known Jesus early and had, you know, spiritual wisdom and we could go back and make the right choices where we had, in reality, made the wrong ones. But one thing is for sure, we cannot change our past down here because down here there are no retakes. We wish we had some, but we don't have any. So there's nothing to do but learn whatever we can from them, from whatever's back behind us and keep moving. And pray that God will use it for something for good somehow. Our future will be better than our past ever was. And our eternity will be better even than that. So I want to encourage you to leave whatever shame and regret you have behind you. Run to the Lord, not from him if you sin. He wants to help you out of that sin and into a life more glorious than anything you could ever imagine for yourself. Even if the only glory in your life is the fact that you're not bound up by sin. Start there. He can make all your dreams come true. And he's never forgotten a single prayer you prayed, by the way. But you have to say yes to him to get what he has for you. And you have to keep saying yes. So now let me explain to you in closing. This is going to be kind of short tonight. How I rebuke Satan when he starts bringing regrets at me. And 
this is how I've done it for a while now. And then I'm going to teach you what I learned this week. Let's say Satan just brought up my past to me. Let's say I'm sitting at my desk. I'm minding my own business. I'm doing my work. And all of a sudden, Satan throws in my face something I did decades ago. Here's my answer. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. And you know what? You may remember my sin, but God don't remember my sin. That sin don't even exist now because it has been washed away by the blood of the Lamb of God. You're a loser. Get lost. Go back to hell where you belong in the name of Jesus. So I started out years ago doing that because I realized God doesn't condemn me for the sins because they're forgiven. Satan is the condemner. He's the one who accuses us and condemns us. But so I did that for all these years, but I noticed the regrets kept coming back. And I'm like, that's not a permanent solution. That doesn't, that's not good. I want them gone forever. Like I said, it seems to me if the sins are under the blood, the regret ought to go under there too and stop rearing its ugly head. So this week I was working at my desk doing what I normally do when that sad thought of how I used to live in sin before I got saved hit. I think it was Tuesday. Shortly thereafter followed the sad thoughts of how much better my life and the lives of those I loved could have been had I not been an idiot doing that sin all the time. And I could not deal with that while I was working. I just couldn't. So I started praying. I didn't even know what to say. I've dealt with this for so long. And it seemed I had already tried everything I knew to banish those regrets. So I just started speaking. And I said, you know what? I closed the door on those thoughts of regret in Jesus' name. And I plead the precious blood of the Lamb of God, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, over the door to seal it. Get lost, Satan. I have work to do in Jesus' name. And when I did that, the regret suddenly vanished. So I went on with my work and the devil tried again with a different episode of sin in my past this time. So I did the same thing and it vanished. I was like, okay, this is something new. So then to test it, I tried to recall the first sin that he hit me with because it wasn't that long before this. And I could not even remember what the sin was, y'all. And I haven't lost my mind, okay? Although I'm sure I have friends that would argue that, but no, I'm kidding. Um... I could not even remember what the sin was, much less remember what it was I regretted. I almost broke out into the happy dance. I tried the same thing with the second episode after I closed the door on it, did that same thing, but it was completely gone from my memory as well. And I was like, yes, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This works. I still can't recall either one of them, by the way. And they have, <laughs> Satan has not brought them back. He does not like this message. I'm just telling you. I don't know why for sure this worked, but I'm going to tell you what I think. I think the reason this worked is because since I had long ago repented of those sins, they were already under the blood of Jesus. Satan knew that, but he also knew that I did not really see them that way. I didn't. God sees them as under the blood, so they're gone as far as the east is from the west. But I did not see them as gone. I still remembered them. But when I closed that door and sealed it with the blood of the Lamb of God, even I couldn't see them anymore. They still have not resurfaced. I don't think they ever will again. And more, any more come along and I'm going to do the same thing. I want y'all to try this if the devil brings up any regrets to you this week. I want you to try it. And please leave a comment here on Podbean or on YouTube. If it works for you, I pray that this works for every single way of you because regret is a horrible, horrible thing to live with. It's horrible because you can't fix it. 
You can't fix what's wrong. And all you can do is be tortured by it. And you know what? We got to forgive ourselves and move on because we cannot change the past. And there were circumstances back there that we were going through in some of the cases that influenced our behavior. Did not make us choose sin. Don't get me wrong. But it influenced our behavior. We were going through hard times or something was going, we were grieving or something was going on. And we have to look at that realistically. I looked back at something in my life once before and I thought, okay, why did I do that? And then I looked at how young I was. I was like 16 or 17 years old. And I was like, my gosh, I was just a kid. Why am I beating myself up about this? I was a kid. I was a child. You know, so you've got to look at the circumstances too and not judge yourself so harshly. Sometimes the person we need to forgive is us. And it could be that regret is our unforgiveness towards ourselves, And we've been turned over to the tormentor because we have not forgiven. So I think that's something I'm going to look into as well. It's hard. I can forgive anybody else, but I have a hard time forgiving me. Because I just feel like I should have known better. Because I had such a good mother, you know. But anyway... I want y'all to try this on your regrets this week, okay? Or next week, whenever yours show up. Hopefully that'll show up every day like mine have tried to do. Let me know if it works for you. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. I hope y'all have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address JPH Inc Glenda Lomax P.O. Box 60 Glencoe, Arkansas 72539 or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization church or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, There are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. Are there areas of sin in your life you just can't seem to overcome, no matter how hard you try? Many people live their whole lives under curses. Without understanding, they can be free. Learn what the scriptures say about curses and why they are still relevant today. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Learn how to defeat every curse through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. If you have the knowledge, you can break curses off your life and start experiencing breakthroughs like never before. 
In the book Loosed from Chains of Darkness, you will learn the basics of four different types of curses. Loosed from Chains of Darkness is the most comprehensive curse-breaking book on the market today. Get your copy of Loosed from Chains of Darkness by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today, available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com, in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the eye.